Hello, and welcome to another episode of Fireside Poems. I'm Dr. J. Today's poem is Longfellow's A Dutch Picture. A Dutch Picture is a poem of old age. It can be compared to Ulysses by the British poet Alfred Tennyson, published some 40 years earlier, with which Longfellow was undoubtedly familiar, and which, consciously or unconsciously, was probably the model for Longfellow's poem. Both portray an adventurer retired from his adventures on the sea and in battle, but longing for them still. The difference between the two poems, though, shows an important difference between British and American poetry. The hero of Tennyson's poem is the great Ulysses, hero of the Trojan War. His longing and his will have a grandeur that is one of the great pleasures of British poetry, expressed so memorably in the poem's final line when Ulysses declares that, though grown old, he will return to the sea to strive, to seek, to find, and not to yield. The hero of a Dutch picture, by contrast, is a buccaneer who captained a pirate ship against the Spanish during the decades-long struggle by the Dutch for independence from Spain, sometimes engaging as well with the Turks of the Ottoman Empire, who were also fighting Spain as well as the rest of Europe. Simon Dans is more of a swashbuckler than an epic hero, and his final determination is not greatness, but to swashbuckle once more. Let's listen. A Dutch Picture by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow Simon Dans has come home again from cruising about with his buccaneers. He has singed the beard of the King of Spain and carried away the Dean of Jane and sold him in Algiers. In his house by the maze with its roof of tiles and weathercocks flying aloft in air, there are silver tankards of antique styles plunder of convent and castle, and piles of carpets rich and rare. In his tulip garden there by the town, overlooking the sluggish stream, with his Moorish cap and dressing gown, the old sea captain, hale and brown, walks in a waking dream. A smile in his gray mustachio lurks whenever he thinks of the king of Spain, and the listed tulips look like Turks, and the silent gardener as he works is changed to the Dean of Jane. The windmills on the outermost verge of the landscape in the haze, to him are towers on the Spanish coast, with whiskered sentinels at their post, though this is the river maze. And when the winter rains begin, he sits and smokes by the blazing brands, and old seafaring men come in, goat-bearded, gray, and with double chin, and rings upon their hands. They sit there in the shadow and shine of the flickering fire of the winter night, figures in color and design like those by Rembrandt of the Rhine, half darkness and half light. And they talk of ventures lost or won, and their talk is ever and ever the same while they drink the red wine of Tarragon from the cellars of some Spanish don or convent set aflame. Restless at times with heavy strides, he paces his parlor to and fro. 
He is like a ship that at anchor rides and swings with the rising and falling tides and tugs at her anchor toe. Voices mysterious far and near, sound of the wind and sound of the sea, are calling and whispering in his ear. Simon Dan's, why stayest thou here? Come forth and follow me. So he thinks he shall take to the sea again for one more cruise with his buccaneers to singe the beard of the king of Spain and capture another dean of Jane and sell him in Algiers. Longfellow's love of swashbuckling tales may seem unlongfellowian to readers who admire him as a poet of peace, such as we saw in last week's episode, The Occultation of Orion, yet it turns up from time to time. Longfellow loved storytelling, which includes old soldiers telling war stories, whether among themselves or as in Shakespeare's Othello, to others who haven't experienced war. In Longfellow's more serious poems, this love of martial exploits comes into tension with his pacifist sympathies, as we find in The Courtship of Miles Standish and The Saga of King Olaf. We don't find such tension here, though. In a Dutch picture, there is plunder and burning and daring do, but no talk of killing or other darker deeds. Convents are set aflame, but we might take this less harshly if we know that in the days here portrayed, convents included what we now call monasteries, and no consequence is specified beyond the looting of wine cellars. A captured mayor is sold into slavery in the Barbary city of Algiers, a fate which befell thousands of Europeans during these centuries of Muslim-Christian conflict, including the capture and sale of Miguel de Cervantes, the author of Don Quixote, who remained in slavery in Istanbul for five years until a truce was declared between the Spanish and the Turks. But these are to be taken with the same seriousness, or lack thereof, that we give to walking the plank in a Tyrone Power movie, in reality a horrifying thing, but in a pirate movie just part of the adventure. And adventure, not reality, is here the focus, as Longfellow contrasts the lustiness of our younger days with the wistful yearning stories, true or not, we tell of them over tankards of ale or wine in our retirements. Let's listen again. A Dutch Picture by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow Simon Dance has come home again from cruising about with his buccaneers. He has singed the beard of the King of Spain and carried away the Dean of Jane and sold him in Algiers. In his house by the maze, with its roof of tiles and weathercocks flying aloft in the air, there are silver tankards of antique styles, plunder of convent and castle, and piles of carpets rich and rare. In his tulip garden there by the town, overlooking the sluggish stream, with his Moorish cap and dressing gown, the old captain, hale and brown, walks in a waking dream. A smile in his gray mustachio lurks, whenever he thinks of the king of Spain, and the listed tulips look like Turks, 
and the silent gardener as he works is changed to the dean of Jane. The windmills on the outermost verge of the landscape in the haze to him are towers on the Spanish coast with whiskered sentinels at their post, though this is the river maze. But when the winter rains begin, he sits and smokes by the blazing brands, and old seafaring men come in, goat-bearded, gray, and with double chin and rings upon their hands. They sit there in the shadow and shine of the flickering fire of the winter night, figures in color and design, like those by Rembrandt of the Rhine, half darkness and half light. And they talk of ventures lost or won, and their talk is ever and ever the same, while they drink the red wine of Tarragon from the cellars of some Spanish don or convent set on flame. Restless at times, with heavy strides, he paces his parlor to and fro. He is like a ship that at anchor rides, and swings with the rising and falling tides, and tugs at her anchor toe. Voices mysterious far and near, sound of the wind and sound of the sea, are calling and whispering in his ear. Simon Dan's, why stayest thou here? Come forth and follow me. So he thinks he shall take to the sea again, for one more cruise with his buccaneers, to singe the beard of the king of Spain, and capture another dean of Jane, and sell him in Algiers. I probably don't have to tell the older among you the importance of having old war stories to tell, though hopefully not literal war stories. For my younger listeners, though, it may be worthwhile to emphasize this. Be sure to have adventures, some acts of daring do and mischief, some sneaking out of your bedroom windows, if you will, if for no other reason than to talk about them when you're old. I hope you enjoyed a Dutch picture, and that you'll join me again next week for another episode of Fireside Poems. If you think others might enjoy Fireside Poems, please let them know about it through your social media so that they might join you and me each week by the fireside.